Thank you, Heather. Let me pray for us. Lord God, this uh, call that Heather has made to raise our hands, um, we gather this morning and echo that prayer to you. Uh, We pray that we would be the kind of people who recognize the things that you have done in our lives and in turn are filled up with your spirit that we um, overflow. We give you thanks, we give you um, all the glory for what you have done and what you are doing, and we pray that as we turn now to your word, that you would be our teacher, that you would help us to uh, understand, help us to learn, help us to grow, um, that we might invite others to lift up their hands to you as well. We pray all these things through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Fernando? Well, I want to introduce you all to... Uh, our newest mission partner, a new friend of mine as well, Fernando Bowen. Uh, he's the area director for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and he's brand new to this, right? Just starting this year. Uh, for those of you who may not know, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is uh, an, it's really an international organization now, but it works in local high schools and colleges and different sports leagues and teams to try to use the platform of athletics to introduce people to Jesus Christ, to help athletes and coaches and the people that they influence come to know and follow God. And um, Fernando uh, is actually kind of new to FCA in just the last few years, um, and and he's going to talk about it in different ways this morning. FCA has been a significant influence on my life, and so uh, when I was in high school, I remember a freshman in high school, I went to um, just go watch one of the sporting events, and there were a couple seniors in high school I don't know if you remember back to high school, some of you are in high school now. When, when you were a freshman, seniors seemed like they were really old, right? I have a senior in high school now, and he does not seem really old, but when I was a freshman in high school, they just seemed so mature. There were these, there were these uh, two guys who were there supporting the, the, um, the team, and they were seniors, and uh, they were athletes, and um, they just made an effort to talk to everybody and to kind of get to know people, and they drew me in, and I started going to this thing called FCA. I didn't even know what it was at the time, um, but that became a, a faith formation thing in my life, and it's been in Don's life as well um, in, in, in college for both of us. Um, so, Fernando, thank you for, for joining us, and we're really, really glad you're here. You're, you kind of came to FCA not as a student athlete, but kind of more from the coaching side of things. And we've been talking about discipleship, and I want to try to make a connection between coaching and discipleship. So can you talk to me a little bit about some of the things that as a, you've been a referee, a coach, you've kind of led kids in athletics for a long time. What makes, a, what makes good coaching? You know, what are the things that make leading somebody in, in an athletics go well? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. Yeah, um, of course. Thank you to the church for having me here. Um, one of the things that make for great coaching, first of all, is um, not to be concerned about the wins and losses. That's mm-hmm. not what it's about. Um, secondly, take yourself out of the equation. Um, and you have to reach each individual um, child. You have to create a relationship with each individual kid on the team. Yeah. Um, and then come from a place of love, right? Uh-huh. You know, I always tell my kids that uh, if you can't talk to your parents about something, come and talk to me. Right. Mm-hmm. If you can't do it in the classroom, you can't do it on my court. 
but I will help you find a way to get it done. And that relationship is so important. I mean, you know, I, I've, I've had a lot of coaches in my life, and then I've watched my kids have different coaches in their lives. Not all coaches are great coaches, right? Correct. And the, and the thing that separates it out really has a lot to do with that relationship, that desire to have an impact, I think, that goes beyond just, like you said, winning the event or, you know, winning is important, and every good coach, you know, winning matters. Correct. But there's something else going on in the midst of the athletics. Yeah, it, um, it's more than just the sport, and, yeah. it, and it's about that individual. Yeah, it's about them growing and kind of being shaped by it. And so there's, there's kind of a motivation is part of it, strategy is part of it, uh, discipline is part of it. You know, Absolutely. you can be hard and also loving and caring at the same time, and Learning that balance is kind of tricky, I think, for a lot of coaches. It, it definitely know? is tricky, and I'm, you know, I like to say it's hard to beat a disciplined team, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, the Lord disciplines us sometimes, so we also, as coaches, must discipline our team, but also from a perspective and a place of love. Right, right. And that word discipline is, comes from the same root as our word disciple, right? In order to make a faithful follower, you have to be disciplined. You have to be focused. You have to be... Um, changed. You can't just stay the same as what you were before. Correct. So coaching is kind of like discipleship, and um, we're, we're developing followers in the same way that a coach is trying to develop their athletes, and it takes, I mean, if you had to boil it down to two things, I would say maybe it's time, mm -hmm. you know, just the investment of time, Correct. and then it's influence. It's the, the motivation and the willingness to really enter in with people. And that's what discipleship is about. It's about time and influence. And last week we talked about the way that the, the way that Jesus chose to reach the world was not by preaching to giant crowds, but by shaping a few followers who would become his disciples. So he, he invested time and influence and energy into them so that they would then in turn go and do the same thing with other people too. And so we talked about how Jesus kind of commissioned his followers to do what he did go and make disciples. And over the course of the last um, few weeks, we've been looking at his great commission, this idea that we're supposed to go and make disciples of all nations. Last week, we looked at Matthew 28. This week, we want to look at John 20. So if you'll turn with me in the scripture, I think it's on page, let's see, eight, 1686 in your pew Bible. And this is John's uh, one of the places where John talks about Jesus' great commission after his resurrection. So this is John 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Pause there. So this is the, this is the night af, at, of the resurrection. So the resurrection happened that morning. This is in the evening. We saw 
the same event, but, but different words that Jesus said in the book of Luke. And, and the first thing that Jesus does is he imparts peace to his disciples. He says, peace be with you, probably because they were afraid, right? So they were a little bit freaked out that he was there. And so peace be with you, meaning in some ways calm down. But this is more than just a greeting. He's not just saying, um, peace be with you, like, hello, how are you doing? He is, he is infusing them, imparting to them his peace. Yes. He's giving them the peace that he received from the Father. His presence, and then he, he sends them at the same time. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So part of God's peace that he gives is also to then go and take that peace to other people too. He's telling his followers, basically, I'm giving you who I am so that you can go and give it to other people. He's commissioning them to be his missionaries. So that means that every person who is a disciple of Jesus, who has been given the Spirit of God, who, who puts their faith in him, every single follower of Jesus is a missionary. Now some of you don't agree with me when I say that. And you think to yourself, I, no, I'm not a missionary. Every disciple of Jesus isn't a missionary. Fernando, five years ago, ten years ago, if somebody had told you, Fernando, you're a missionary, no what way. would your response have been to no that? No way. <laughs> no way. Why no not? Way. What are the reasons why? Um, you know, one of the main reasons is fear. You know, um, am I equipped? You know, do I know enough? Um, you know, I, I couldn't quote scriptures out of the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you tell me that I would be leading someone, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Right. You know. Right. So there's yeah, fear of, of, of that we don't know enough, that we aren't confident enough to be able to do it, um, that, that uh, there, there's fear that, that we are not going to be taken seriously if Correct. we actually begin to share our faith in, in significant ways. Correct. Um, and there's this, I think there's this also, this belief that only miss, that missionaries are somehow special, mm -hmm. right? That people who are called to, to ministry, whether it's pastors like me, or, or mission workers like Fernando, um, missionaries that we send overseas, that those people are somehow special, that, that they have this unique platform that allows them to be able to speak. But the reality is that every single person has a platform. Everybody has a circle of influence. Right. Talk, talk a little bit about, about FCA. You know, um, I kind of gave a very general introduction, but mm -hmm. What's the idea behind the Fellowship of Christian Athletes? How does being a Christian connect with athletics? How do you use athletics to share the gospel? Talk, tell us a little bit about the vision. Well, the, the vision of FCA is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ um, through the influence of coaches and athletes. And the mission is to lead every coach, every athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. And we do that by engaging uh, the coach and the athlete, and that's just simply building genuine relationships. Um, just walking life out with them, sharing our life, and sharing the gospel uh, with, with everybody. Um, secondly, we equip them um, with the Word of God, and that's just by uh, huddles, what we call huddles, which are basically Bible studies or like small groups. Um, and then we empower them to go out and engage and equip others, right? So now they're making disciples. And that's what it's all about. And, and throughout that whole series and that process, it's also 
so important about that relationship building. So we're there from the beginning, even once they turn in and start creating disciples, we are still there creating that relationship, strengthening that relationship, um, you know, so that we can get further um, in our relationship with Christ as well. Gotcha. And so, you know, just in, in local high schools around here, how does that play out? Like, talk, talk about, like, what's a club look like at, at a local middle school or high school? How does the huddle get formed and, and do that work? Sure. Um, so what we do is a, a coach or an athlete will show some interest that they want to bring FCA uh, into the school. And uh, what we'll do is we'll pair them up with either myself or volunteers that we get from local communities and the churches and things of that nature. Um, and we'll pair them up with a huddle leader. Um, and then they'll just spend some time once a week, twice a week, whatever frequency they decide on. But just spend some time in the word, you know, and just spend some time loving on each other, supporting each other. Um, you know, and then next, you know, that huddle starts to grow and that spreads to a different team, you know. So the goal is to get into every sports team, you know, the soccer, football, baseball, basketball. Um, but usually oftentimes we start with just one, one team or even mm -hmm. just a collective, um, you know, from the various sports. Um, but then once kids start to see something's happening here, you know, and then everybody starts to now want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that we start to grow into the schools and the communities. That's great. And one of the, one of the beautiful things about athletics is that, you know, athletes kind of have a platform, right? So um, we, we see this in our culture that, that this is one of the places where, for some reason, people listen to people who are put on a platform, right? So Correct. even though a, an athlete may have no background, people still care what they think about different things, right? And so when it comes to athletics in, in high schools and in college and in other places, athletes really do have influence in kind of a unique way. Um, but they're not the only ones who have influence. Not at all. Right? Uh, every single person has a, a platform, has kind of a, a group of, of people that they are connected with in one way or another. So in the same way that there's a fellowship of Christian athletes, you could have a fellowship of Christian musicians. Mm -hmm. You could have a fellowship of Christian Lego builders. <laughs> you could have a fellowship of, you know, I'm not saying we start all these different organizations, right. but whatever it is that you do, if you're a firefighter or you're a school teacher or you work in a business, you have a platform because of the, the place where you are, the circle of influence of people around you, where you have an opportunity to invest in them. It's a little bit easier to see it with athletics because the coaches are there and, and, right. and there's this clearly defined team. Right. And so it's a great place to teach discipleship. Um, it's a great place to grow and it's a great platform to speak from. But that model is really true for any, any group of people that we have an opportunity to influence, whether it's our family or our neighborhood, our workplace. There are every single person, every single follower of Christ has a platform from which they speak. And so in that way, every single Christian is a missionary. Correct. Every single Christian has a, a call to be sent could, to go do this. We saw this um, in 1 Peter 2. We actually read it in our call to worship today. I'll read it again. Uh, Peter's writing to, to the people, and he says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. He's talking to all Christians. And here's why. That we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once we had not received mercy, 
but now we have received mercy. As those who have, have received the salvation that God has given us, we are then called to proclaim that in our lives in every way possible. Now, there are definitely some people who are, have a particular calling to do ministry or mission as a vocation, all right? And so typically when we think of missionary or we think of minister, we think of somebody who's employed to do that work, right? But, there, but those are very few, right? And, and all of us as, as followers of Jesus have a responsibility to send those people to do that work, especially if it's sending missionaries to other parts of the world. And in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about that, that ministry that the church has of sending people to other places, especially to places where the gospel is not, not yet known or, or not known well. So there is a particular calling where, where missionaries might be sent, and there's a particular calling for ministers, for people like myself who work in the church vocationally, and we've got several of us here who kind of help shepherd and shape and, and, and drive the ministries and mission of Greenwich here locally. So we have a special calling, but I think one of the misnomers about it is that that doesn't mean that we're special people. See, I think that a lot of Christians think that missionaries and ministers are somehow like better than or higher than they're like they're like super christians right and if you get to like like the level of super christian then you can get spun up and you can then you can go be then you're worthy right. to go be a missionary is that how you see it fernando that was how i saw it is that right that, that was how i saw it i i remember talking to my mentor and, and uh, our assistant uh pastor and and just asking him like you know how can I be like you? I just saw his presence and nothing bothered him, nothing stirred him. And, you know, that was where I had my, my mindset at, you know, how can I be like you? You know, because I thought he was something special, you know. Um, and, and then as I dove into to the word and into discipleship training, um, you know, I come to find out that I'm special too, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it, it doesn't take someone who's a minister or pastor um, all it takes is you at your workplace, you in your neighborhood, you in your community um, to be the church, you know, just to share what God has done for you in your life. Um, and, and that's what it's all about, you know, just going out and being that light and sharing. Tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, share a little of your story. How did you move from being a ref, you know, you were a, an athlete yourself mm -hmm. and then you were a referee, you were coaching, you know, you were sort of involved in athletics. Correct. How did that move from being just like something you did for fun to something that became a ministry for you. Talk about, a little bit about that. Uh, sure. Um, sports and, and kids have, have been a part of my life, you know, from the time I was five years old. And, um, you know, I, I didn't realize the platform that I had at the time, right? And through coaching and, and uh, refereeing, I had some big influences, but I didn't understand my influence, right? Um, and it wasn't until uh, coaching or refereeing a basketball game and I had a coach present me with a gift and he said that there was something different about me and the gift that he presented me was a coach's Bible. Hmm. Um, and the significance to that was the night prior, the Lord had spoke to me and told me that I'm supposed to work with kids in sports. And I humored the Lord and said, I've been working with kids in sports for 30 something years. Uh, and he came mission back and mission right? accomplished. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but he came back and said, it's supposed to be a full time job. And the next day I met a coach uh, who happened to work for FCA 
and uh, you know, enlightened me about FCA. And I knew at that point, my mission was to be at FCA and to work with um, the partners at FCA and to bring folks to, to the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in that process, for me, um, when I understood my platform, I became more aware and then I started doing things purposely now at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these things I was already doing, right, but again, didn't understand why. So now understanding the responsibility that I have, I go out seeking to do this now. Mm -hmm. That's so good. <laughs> so what we're trying to tell you is, is that God has put you in the place where you are for a particular reason, in the same way that God put Fernando in, in his life, in his circle of influence for a reason and a purpose, same way he's done that in my life. He's done that in the life of every single person. And, and when Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you, that commission is for every single follower of Jesus, that God is sending you into the circle that you have, the platform that you have in your life. And we talked a little bit about this last week, um, uh, particularly when Lauren and I were talking, uh, she was sitting in the chair where you are now, our director of family ministry. Okay. Sorry, I didn't no tell you about that. She was, we were talking about how uh, within each family that there's this opportunity for discipleship to happen. And, yes. and I hope, especially for a lot of our younger families, um, that, that, was, that you heard that as encouragement and challenge, right? You know, that you've got kids at home, like you have this great opportunity. My guess is for many of us whose kids are older, or maybe kids who are who are grown or, you know, people who are, are, have moved along in life, some of you were like, oh, you know, what, a, I'm, did I miss, did I miss something? And you might, you might feel like, like there was like a missed opportunity, like a, a missed platform. And um, here's, um, here's where I want to, I want to try to take, I, I don't know if this is going to work or not, but I'm going to try to take professional athletes as an example of, of why that's not true, that, okay. that it's sort of over. So how many of you have seen a professional athlete put on a platform to proclaim something that they weren't really worthy of? You know, sort of expected to have knowledge or, or impact of something. You know, there are so many professional athletes that have great athletic skills, mm -hmm. but their lives don't communicate this great message, right? Their yeah. lives are, are broken. Right? right, their lives are, are messed up, and so they have this great platform, and they don't use it for all that it could be. Every single one of us has a platform that's damaged in some way. So when we talk about FCA being like uh, this great, athletics being this great platform, our lives, our circle of influence being a great platform, that doesn't mean it's a perfect platform. It doesn't mean it's, it's, it's that our lives are, are so are, we're, because we're so righteous, because we have everything together, because, um, because we're kind of super Christian, now you can emulate and follow us. And if you don't live up to that example, then you can never do it. No, it's not like that. In fact, because our lives are broken, because there are places where we've fallen short, where we needed to receive forgiveness, we need to receive mercy, all the more that makes our lives a place where we can say to other people, peace be with you. So if you feel like you're not worthy to be a missionary, the disciples were not worthy to be missionaries either. I'm not worthy to be a minister. Fernando's not worthy to be a missionary. 
He's called to be a missionary because of what Jesus has done. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Peace be with you. Absolutely. What do you think about that? I mean, how does that resonate with you? Um, you know, it, re really deeply because, um, you know, again, I, I mentioned in the beginning there was some fear, you know, going into this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what I've uh, come to learn is that uh, he just equips you. As mm. you go into that battlefield, he equips you, right? Mm. And so I find myself, you know, my pastor might uh, preach a sermon, you know, on a Sunday, and then on Tuesday, I get a call from someone who's going through something, and it just so happened to be about what the pastor preached on. So mm -hmm. now, all of a sudden, I'm equipped. He's like equipping you as absolutely, you go, Absolutely, right? absolutely, you know, so that takes away the fear, you know, from, from being able to step out there, step out on faith, and just know that God will provide, uh, God will equip you, you are enough, you are worthy, um, and you can go out and do this. Mm -hmm. Missionaries are not super Christians, you know. Um, can, I, can I add to that? Yeah, please. So again, that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Because there's so many other people who are finding themselves in a situation that we are in or were in, right? Mm -hmm. And through our experience, you know, through God delivering us uh, through things, we are now able to, uh, to be visible to that person. Now they can see themselves, uh, they can see themselves in us and realize, oh, I can get through this, I can get to the other side as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all of us have experienced, you know, joys and sorrows in our life. And Absolutely. that's part of what we bring to our experience on the mission field, Absolutely. in the circle of influence that we have. Um, we have circumstances in life that, that may have been challenging. We have places where we've made mistakes, where we need to be forgiven. Um, we have relationships in our lives that need healing. These are all great places for God to be at work through his missionaries. Me, Fernando, the missionaries we send to the farthest corners of the world, and every single one of you. And so I want you to consider this week, and I want to pray for you, for, for all of us in a minute, um, what is your circle of influence? You know, who are the particular people in your life through which God might be able to extend his peace into their lives? You know, there's one part of this passage um, that, that's a little bit enigmatic, or it's hard to know exactly what's going on. It said, Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And this is kind of like a, a foreshadowing or a foretaste of Pentecost later on when, when the Holy Spirit fill, fully fills all the disciples. But he, he says he, he breathed on them. It's almost like he, he walked into the room, he just sort of, his presence got pushed into their lives, his, his peace. Who are the people that you breathe on? <laughs> and I don't mean go, you know, I've decided that you're one of the people that I'm going to minister to. <laughs> you know. But who are the people that you're close enough to, that you, your platform, where you can walk into their room, walk into their life and say, as the, as the Father has given me his peace, I want to give it to you too. Who can you influence for the sake of the kingdom of God? So let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, this word and, and the, the way that you used uh, ordinary people like the disciples um, to proclaim your gospel to the farthest corners of the world in the same way you use broken people like us um, to, 
to minister to the people in our lives. Sometimes through our brokenness, you are able to actually have mercy and show mercy and transform. So we pray that um, we would have eyes to see uh, the places and the people where we might be able to um, speak peace into their lives. I pray that you'd give us the encouragement and courage uh, to step into open doors. Uh, I pray that your, your spirit would reveal to us um, maybe some of the places where we need to be changed in order to be able to, to serve you this way. And I pray that you'd be glorified as you use your missionaries, your people here at Greenwich and all over the world uh, for your purposes and to bring glory and honor to your name. Uh, so thank you for Fernando for his story. Um, thank you for the st all the stories that are represented in this room. Um, pray that we would go forth and, and be sent uh, as ambassadors of the peace that you bring through Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, in